I have absolutely no doubt that all around the world people have been betrayed by their politicians. Whether you think they've done it deliberately or through incompetence, there can be no doubt that they've turned a health threat that has so far killed far fewer people than a bad flu into the biggest health, economic and social crisis that the modern world has ever seen. But that's no great surprise. We expect politicians to let us down. They're selfish and they always betray the electors. It's the only thing they're any good at. No group of people in the world are quite as corrupt or as mendacious as politicians. I am, however, surprised and massively saddened by the way we've been betrayed by the people we might have expected to protect us, the leaders of the three professions, the medical profession, the nursing profession and the dental profession. And it's the leaders I blame, the medical establishment. These professions seem to have abandoned anyone not suffering from the coronavirus. Around the world there's no consistency. In some areas hospitals are shut entirely. In other areas hospitals are open and even functioning quite normally. In some countries patients who don't have the coronavirus or might not have the coronavirus are completely ignored and rejected as irrelevant and unsuitable for treatment. There's no science or logic behind the closures and the refusal, refusal of hospitals and some medical centres to treat patients. Lockdowns and social distancing rules have been imposed without much sense. It's now fairly widely known that most of the people who've died from the virus or been ill with it were obese or diabetic or both. And many had more than three chronic diseases. The UK's Prime Minister probably suffered badly from the coronavirus because of his weight. So why haven't governments selectively protected the individuals most likely to be at risk? As I said back in March, it was nonsense to pick on perfectly fit over 70-year-olds to be the first to be put under house arrest. The current treatment of patients with cancer, heart disease and other dangerous but treatable diseases is a grotesque scandal which has taken healthcare back to the Middle Ages. Patients, doctors and nurses have all been betrayed by the profession's leaders and by their governments and governmental advisers. Mental health problems are growing too. In California, a hospital has reported that it's seen a year's worth of attempted suicides in just four weeks. It's the same with dentistry. In some countries, people with dental problems are being treated normally. I gather that in Ireland and Germany, for example, at least some dentists are providing treatment. In America, there seems to be some confusion about what is and is not allowed. In Britain, there's virtually no dental care available, though most dentists say they're well equipped with the necessary masks and gloves. Many dentists, particularly those in private practice, are desperate to get back to work. Dentists working for the government may still get paid, but private dentists are receiving nothing and their insurance policies are probably not, not any good. Many dentists fear that they'll go bankrupt and they're desperate to get back to seeing patients. Strangely, in the UK, it seems that no one within the dental profession itself seems to have the authority to force dentists not to work. The General Dental Council says it can't force dentists to close and the Care Quality Commission also says that it can't force dentists to refuse to see patients. 
but dentists are closed because they're worried about the government's general lockdown and social distancing rules. And there will, in, will inevitably be insurance and legal worries too. There is, it's said, some sporadic emergency dental treatment available in some areas, but I've seen reports suggesting that the only service available is the removal of teeth, rather than attempts being made to keep teeth in place. All this could go on indefinitely. How the devil do you ever fill a bad tooth from six feet away? And although dentists and dental nurses can all wear masks, it's a little difficult for a dental patient to keep a mask on while they're having treatment. Meanwhile, millions of patients are missing essential dental work. Many are in agony and are desperate for relief. Hundreds of cases of mouth cancer will be missed. Patients with gum disease who need regular work to keep their mouths healthy will lose teeth that they didn't need to lose. All this is a tragedy and a scandal unlike any other. The leaders of the medical profession and the dental profession aren't doing anywhere near enough to end this appalling state of affairs. At least, I don't feel quite so lonely about this these days. 500 brave doctors in the United States agree with me and have told Donald Trump to end the coronavirus shutdown for the reasons I've explained. The bottom line is that patients who think they might have cancer are not being treated, even though everyone with a basic diploma in emptying bedpans knows that speed is of the essence when you're treating cancer. That's why doctors arrange screening programs, for heaven's sakes. Patients who had the first signs of cancer three months ago will, whatever happens now, have to wait another three, four, five or even six months for treatment while the system catches up with the backlog. I'm angrier than I've ever been and I'm incredibly disappointed with my former profession. A friend of ours who was diagnosed with cancer a few months ago is still waiting for her treatment to start. Meanwhile, her cancer, unhindered, is undoubtedly doing what cancer does best. It's growing. My wife found this on the internet. My cancer treatment has been cancelled and interrupted throughout this pandemic. I found it hard as the nurses allocated to advise and offer support have been redeployed onto empty COVID wards and so are unavailable to cancer patients. I felt quite alone and unimportant compared to virus sufferers. How can anyone not be angry at that? What the hell is going on? A government's trying to kill people. Is this some crude population control plan? It's not as if the problem is unrecognised. Governments have admitted that thousands and thousands of patients will die because they're being denied treatment. In the UK, it's been admitted that the closure of health services could lead to 150,000 deaths, far, far more than will ever die from the coronavirus. And I think that figure is a massive underestimate. And I have to say that my estimates have been much better than the government's throughout this affair. The figures show that so far 60,000 people have died because they've been denied treatment. The majority of people who died from the coronavirus were over 80 years old and seriously ill with other diseases. They would, it is admitted, have died within a few months anyway. All tragedies, I admit, but this is exactly the same sort of way that flu usually kills so many people. But the patients with cancer being denied treatment are often otherwise healthy and frequently quite young. Around the world, 
Tens of millions of operations have already been cancelled and millions more get cancelled every week. All operations are essential, some more so than others, with a possible exception of some cosmetic surgery. No one has an operation they don't really need. Screening tests and investigations have also been abandoned and delayed. Patients with symptoms and signs of serious disease have been told they'll have to wait months to find out if their problem is likely to kill them or if it's benign. In such situations, the waiting is almost unbearable. Only those who know the awful pain of waiting for test results will understand just how terrible and inhuman the situation is at the moment. Moreover, doctors now report that vast numbers of patients have been so terrified by their government's hysterical overreaction to the risk that they won't go near a hospital in case they catch the coronavirus bug and die of that. Even when medical care is available, patients prefer to do nothing. And that problem is likely to persist until the hysteria is reversed. At the end of World War II, the concentration camp guards who had done appalling things in places like Dachau, Auschwitz and Belsen were arrested. They were all taken to the War Crimes Tribunal and almost to a man and woman their defence was that they were just doing what they were told to do. The excuse did not get them anywhere, of course. Medical administrators and the leaders of the professions may think they're immune from criticism because they're obeying orders from their governments, but I'm afraid they are not. And they aren't innocent in moral and ethical terms either. The senior bureaucrats who've ordered that hospitals and GPs and dentists close down are all guilty of a crime against humanity. Indeed, the irony is that not even the bureaucrats, the politicians and the senior civil servants appear to believe that the coronavirus is any more dangerous than a bad flu. Time and time again in recent weeks, we've seen people who've been telling us that we must stay in our homes, ignoring their own advice. Ferguson, whose now widely disputed advice led to the lockdown, allowed his mistress to visit him at home. The Prime Minister's closest adviser, Dominic Cummings, travelled more than 200 miles and then back again at the beginning of the lockdown. When there were calls for him to resign or be fired, the Prime Minister defended him, appearing to many to make a mockery of the law and of the sacrifices made by millions of people who all had their own very good reasons to break the lockdown but didn't dare do so. Then there were the pictures of the Irish Prime Minister having a picnic with friends in a public park and suggesting that he'd done nothing wrong, even though it had been said that picnics were banned. Thinking folk will inevitably suspect that if these people broke the rules in such a cavalier way, then they probably didn't think we're dealing with the plague. Doctors do have one weapon they could use. They could certify their own leaders and the bureaucrats and the politicians as insane and incapable. Those individuals could then be removed from their positions and we could get back to a more caring world. It's a rather off-the-wall situation, but then we're hardly living in normal times, are we? These videos are made for intelligent, sensitive people who care about what's happening for their families, their friends, their future, their country and themselves. So if you think I've been talking rubbish on this tape, just please don't watch me anymore because we're never going to be able to understand one another. These are not normal YouTube videos. I don't make any money out of them, so I'm not interested in just acquiring viewers who are insensitive just to push up the numbers. 
So if you're hovering with your finger over the thumbs down button after what I've just said, then you and I have nothing in common. And you'd perhaps feel a little more comfortable watching one of Hitler's Reichstag movies. You won't see me anywhere other than here because I'm banned by all the mainstream media. I'm banned for the sin of having been proved right too many times about a whole range of contentious issues which have embarrassed governments, drug companies and so on. You can see a list on my website. Anything else you may read about me which suggests otherwise is a lie or a distortion perpetrated by people or companies with agendas to protect. I've been banned for many decades since my first book, The Medicine Men, which was published in 1976 by Temple Smith and then by Arrow in the UK. My intention here is quite simple. It's to provide regular accurate information and hopefully through spreading knowledge, some reassurance. You can help spread the word and the truth by pressing the share button. I have no idea what it does, or, but I'm told it helps. And ask everyone you know to watch the videos or visit my website. Some people will ang be angry or upset with you because the truth these days often seems uncomfortable. But if enough of us speak out, then eventually the people who are destroying our world will go into reverse. They'll have to. It's touch and go, but it's still our world. I can't get exposure anywhere else, so it's up to you to spread the word. Thanks for watching An Old Man in a Chair, and thanks for all your support. It means a lot. I've not authorised any ads or any sponsorship. You can find more truths on a range of topics on my website, www.vernoncolman.com which is also free of ads and sponsors. If you want to see more videos from me, then please subscribe to this channel because, for curious reasons, they aren't always easy to find. And let's spread the truth as widely as we can. Thank you for watching.